We've got loads to talk about uh, with this week's SmackDown. It is a big, big show tonight. Uh, thank largely to uh, Bray, of course, because Bray had a couple of moments on this show. First one felt a little bit more personal, uh, a bit more subdued. The second one obviously is not technically him, but we know it's connected with him. It's the Uncle Howdy uh, segment, and we got a few big reveals there. So, yeah, looking forward to getting into those. Again, just done a video. It's like 16, 17 minutes long uh, on the other channel, on the main channel. It's uh, gathered everything together that I've uh, seen since SmackDown ended and a few conversations we had even while SmackDown was on. So the real in-depth stuff is in that video, but we'll try and touch in to it as much as we can here as well and then obviously get to people's thoughts at the end. Uh, and so uh, with that being said, let's just get straight to it and get through the show. So the show opens with our first match, our first match being Sheamus taking on Solo Sokoa. Of course, uh, we would have the Brawling Brutes at ringside. We would have the Bloodline at ringside as well. And uh, there were some real cool moments in this match. Obviously, the first match tends to get given a little bit of time. And uh, it's nice to see Sheamus and Solo going at it because Sheamus is uh, a very experienced head he is someone that has banger after banger after banger. And Solo is new, but he's in the bloodline. Like, he needs wins. He needs to build up his credibility. He needs to show how dangerous he is. Uh, and so putting him in there with someone like Sheamus, I think, was a real good booking. And this match was good. What we got, though, was a lot of outside interference. We saw the Usos and Sammy... Uh, taking Brawling Brutes and burying them underneath a commentary table. It's a real nice moment where they flip the table over on top of the Brawling Brutes, pretty much taking them out of the equation. Sammy then grabbed a hold of Sheamus, uh, and that kind of momentary distraction uh, basically allowed Solo Sokoa to pick up the victory. So plenty of outside interference. Um, maybe not the clean, straightforward match I was hoping for. I think the truth is, if it was going to be a one-on-one -on -one clean match, Sheamus would have emerged victorious. But um, So this is a way of just building up heat on the bloodline. It, it was a decent encounter until we got to the end. It is a little bit of a shame that the end had outside interference and it wasn't clean, but I think we all understand why that happened. Um, and the beatdown after more than made up for any disappointment uh, about the fact that there was outside interference. Uh, and that was, I mean, Seamus just getting destroyed, man. Seamus got destroyed. Uh, he was uh, getting attacked with chairs. They put his arm on a chair on the ring steps and then used another chair to, like, smash into his arm. It looked pretty brutal. Sammy actually told them to stop. Sammy was like, okay, that's enough, that's enough, that's enough. It's clear that Sammy has got some sort of conscience. Uh, he doesn't want to go, like, too far. It's not like he was, like, lapping it up, reveling in it. It was like, okay, yeah, we'll stop there. So uh, Sammy was, like, the level-headed one that called off the troops. Um, uh, but they did the damage, and look, Sammy was a part of that. So uh, we can't ignore the fact that Sammy is joining in. It's not like he's just standing around in the background which actually might be a better way to use Sammy. If Sammy is going to turn face, I think the fans would very quickly pick up 
on the fact that Sammy never joins in. And I think the fans would very quickly pick up the fact that Sammy doesn't feel very comfortable when they're doing certain attacks. He'll grab someone's leg and cost someone a match. But actually, like, the stuff where they get beat up after, he's not very comfortable with that. I'd like to see us explore that personally. Uh, I think that's something that would have been really interesting. I love those things where you don't quite notice them at first and they happen for a few weeks and then you realize. And then when you actually look back, you go, oh my God, he never joined in on the attacks. None of the attacks had Sammy. Sadly, we can't say that, but you get my point. I think that would have been a real cool way to have used Sammy. But maybe that's something that we can do going forward. So yeah, uh, Seamus absolutely destroyed. Um, I needed to look into this and I never looked into this. There were some images that were drawn uh, on some boxes behind Rey Mysterio. Now, I don't know if they are connected to Bray uh, or if those boxes have those images already on. It seemed to be like a little fiend-type caricature. Um, not of the fiend, but of like some sort of little troublemaker. Let's put it that way. Um, but it didn't look like the fiend. Uh, again, it could be that those boxes are made by a company that used that as a logo because it was on a couple of boxes. So I haven't got as far as to looking into that yet, but certainly caught my attention, caught the attention of people uh, watching along as well. So I will look into that. But uh, at this stage, it might be nothing more than that's just the make of those boxes. This was a Ray backstage segment anyway. He runs into Imperium. They challenge uh, him to a match. There's a little bit of like back and forth between them. They exchange words. And basically, Ray has got a match against Ludwig Klein booked for later in the show. So um, hard to focus on this because I was looking at the thing in the background. But uh, that's what came out of that segment. Then we get our first Bray segment. Um, I've done a video on this. So again, I don't feel like we need to dig into it too much. I don't really have anything to add that we haven't already spoke about. But um, Bray basically was talking about how uh, he didn't think that he wanted to be around people, didn't want the fans. Um, you know, he's, he said he's got a lot to confess. Revenge is a confession of pain, and he still believes that. And uh, he said that he's got a lot that he wants to confess. Talks about being um, angry and going to places that he didn't want to be which, I mean, might be that psychological evaluation place, mightn't it? Maybe it was a physical place that he didn't want to be when he speaks about that, rather than just a mental place. It could be a physical place. But uh, he talks about how, as you said, you know, he wanted to be left alone. But I think the big takeaway is at the end when he says that he, he knows who you are, I know who you are, uh, felt like he was referring to that mask person that interrupted last week. I know who you are. I know what you're trying to do. Um, and he's confessed about how he's going to do horrible things. So it felt to me like he was standing up against this person saying like, you know, I know who you are. I know what you're trying to do. It's not going to work type thing. So I didn't feel he was working with them. Of course, the big twist is we think that it's going to be revealed that that mass person is Bray as well. Um, so it could be that this is all an inner turmoil. This is all him battling with himself. But uh, this, until we actually know quite what that person is, who that person is, uh, this is very intriguing, very intriguing. 
And obviously there's a few other characters that are like floating around as well. So, and we'll get to that because obviously the majority of that was in the segment uh, that was later in the show. So this was a backstage thing. Uh, it is worth mentioning behind Bray, there was a red light and a blue light. It is worth mentioning that Liv was wearing red and blue tonight. Very Harley Quinn, Joker, Batman. It's worth mentioning Harley Quinn, Joker, Batman, very much connected to Bray Wyatt. Um, we're seeing someone potentially in a court of owls mask, which is a group from Batman. And also we know that the fiend mask was based on the Joker. So the fact that she is seemingly in that kind of Batman universe as well, again, to me, just reinforces a connection with Bray. Certainly there's nothing here that hundred percent says that she's joining Bray, but just things seem to be moving in a direction. You know, she's going to a darker mentality, She's smudging her makeup and smiling. And um, as we said, you know, seemingly like a bit of a Harley Quinn connection in there as well. There was plenty of Bray references in that backstage segment that she was involved in last week. So you do definitely look at that as well. And, you know, you can see the Funhouse TV, for example. There was uh, maybe someone with like a lantern, maybe someone in like a black hood. Um, it's hard to know, like, if they are props, things that are being planted, or some of this could be coincidental. So it, it's really hard. But obviously, the more that we get connections and the more kind of things we see, the stronger it's going to seem that Liv is connected to this. So yeah, really, really interesting. Her match was uh, next, actually, with the smudged makeup. It was her against Sonya. She was saying, hit me to Sonya. Sonya hit her. I do think some of this... If she's going to do this character, her striking has got to look better, right? I am going to criticize her because I actually thought that Sonya, when she was slapping Liv, looked way too weak. And then when Liv was responding with shots, they looked too weak as well. You can't portray a dark, twisted character and then have your shots look as poor as what they did. They're just like uh, too tame, way too tame. I would say too tame for a normal wrestling match. If we're meant to believe you're some kind of psychotic, demented, like, you know, turn into like a dart, losing control of yourself, like your shots have got to look a hell of a lot better than they did in this uh, match. So what I would say is they're doing some really good stuff with Liv. This ended with a double count out. And uh, she was like smashing Sonya into the ring steps. She then got a load of chairs, chucked him into the ring, did a superplex onto the chairs. Um, you know, there's no way of taking that where it's not going to hurt. And uh, she had like a big smile on her face. She'd smudged her makeup as well. It, this was good. I mean, this was good presentation of Liv Morgan. Um, it's very intriguing. It feels like what they're doing with her is they want to make her a little more extreme, a little more... Uh, psychotic, a little more uncontrolled. Like, you know, rather than her waiting for her opportunities, now she's just going to be like doing awful things to people and kind of having a bit of fun doing it as well. So it's a different presentation for her. And I'm looking forward to seeing where this leads, where this goes, to be honest. But um, as I said, yeah, a few little concerns in there as well, because this is a big moment for her. It's uh, very much like sink or swim. I think the presentation is just going to force it to succeed, to be honest. I, I, I don't think this is not going to work because I think people are going to be so grabbed with her smiling and the, you know, fact that she's doing 
jumping off scaffolding last week backstage. Now she's doing suplexes into chairs. These are cool things that you don't see all the time. And uh, they're giving these moments to live. Like they want live to be the one that's having like the extreme moments each week. So yeah, uh, I'm into the presentation, but a few little concerns in there as well. Uh, then we got L.A. Knight's uh, promo. Uh, wasn't really much here other than just kind of showing some of his NXT footage. I suppose in a way just introducing him because he's only been around on the main roster for a few weeks as L.A. Knight. So uh, just a little uh, promo just to, as I say, introduce him. Uh, straight after that, we got a Viking Raiders promo. Just got to see more of Sarah Logan. Um, it really feels to me like when they come back, she will be with them. I will be very disappointed if she's not very disappointed. So, uh, yeah, I do think that she will be alongside them. Um, then we got Braun and Amos in the ring. And, uh, you know, Braun uh, was always the biggest and the strongest, but not anymore, says MVP. And uh, he was saying, like, you know, your whole world, your whole illusion will be shattered. If you like, you know, engage with a moss because you're meant to be the giant, but you're not the giant when a moss is around. And actually, do you know what? As much as that just seemed like general chit chat, general, just, you know, pretty play by numbers, paint by numbers kind of um, promo. When a moss comes out and stands uh, opposite Braun, it is staggering how much bigger a moss is. Like, I don't know why, but in my mind, I thought that there would be an inch or so. This is like five inches, six inches. It's like, it's a decent difference in height. Um, I mean, to, like, you know, Braun has to really look up uh, to a boss who towered over Braun. I mean, it, it really was surprising is the word I would use. I, I wasn't quite prepared for how dramatic that moment was going to be with uh, the difference in height. So they, they've made a match anyway for Crown Jewel. Uh, Braun made the challenge. MVP had accepted it. And uh, this ends with Amos knocking Braun out of the ring. And I, I don't know what it is, man. I'm quite interested in this match. I, I'm interested because it's two big guys going at it. I think seeing Amos stand opposite Braun and seeing how big he is compared to Braun, who we know is a monster and a giant anyway, I, I don't know. This is kind of like made Amos a bit more interesting. I, it's really weird because he hasn't done anything. He's, all he's done is come out and be tall, right? So he hasn't done anything. But I think like he was in a sharp suit, in all fairness to him. He looked great. So he was in a sharp suit. He came down. He didn't say anything stupid. Didn't do anything stupid. He just stood there and uh, like, you know, showed how much taller he was than Brawl, Braun. And it did surprise me and it made me go, wow, that's interesting. Like, I'd actually be down for seeing how Braun overcomes that challenge of, like, facing someone bigger than him. Because I don't know we've ever seen that. I don't think we've ever seen Braun have to battle someone that's so significantly taller than what he is. So, yeah, a, a real uh, a weird one. Because, as I said, there wasn't really much here. But it, it did get me a bit more excited for seeing this match and seeing these two go at it than the segment we got, was it last week? When Amos came down during Braun's match. So uh, then we got Drew. Drew said management were not happy with him last week because of the car crash thing and the beating up carrion thing. He said that if they lay hands on each other, there'll be severe consequences. 
So that's why he wants to issue a challenge, get this resolved, uh, a match at Crown Jewel, steel cage match. So steel cage match, Drew and Carrion. Um, that, I mean, that should be pretty fun. The only thing I would say is that we've already had a strap match. And I don't know, I feel like we've seen a fair few steel cage matches before. I suppose it'll do a good job of keeping Scarlet out. I can't really see Scarlet climbing a cage. I suppose she could. But um, I think if it was like an active wrestler, uh, I could see them climbing up. You know, if it was like Bloodline, you're not going to keep Bloodline out thanks to a cage. You might keep Scarlet out in all fairness. So I, I can sort of see the logic a little bit more for a cage match in this feud. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I don't know that the match is going to be any more brutal than what we got with the strap match at Extreme Rules, you know. So either way, you know, that was announced. Uh, then we got uh, Shotzi and Raquel taking on damage control. Shotzi and Raquel coming out in their tank. Uh, when they shoot that, like, gun, it's a big red button they press now. It really fires. It's really cool. Um, like, uh, the tank's only been back for a few weeks. And I'm always uh, chatting to people in the live watch along that we do and doing little bits and bobs. I don't know if I've seen it fire since it came back, but they fired it. And I was like, wow. Like, proper, like, pyro coming out of it. It looked great. It looked great. Um, so, yeah, tank's back, and it's looking pretty cool. We got damage control beating Shotzi and Raquel anyway. Bailey getting involved. She didn't do a great job of getting involved. She tried to grab a hold of, I think it was Shotzi. Uh, she didn't quite succeed in it, but it was just enough for EO to regain the uh, momentum. She ends up hitting the moonsault, getting the victory, and so Damage Control retain the women's tag belts. There was a moment at the end where they were getting out of the ring. And they looked towards like the entrance stage. And I really felt like it just felt like they were getting out and they were taking their time. And it felt like they were stalling and waiting for someone to interrupt. But no one did. So I was as I was watching, I was like, is someone coming out? It did flash through my mind of Sasha and Naomi. I don't know where we are with that situation. But um, yeah, we didn't get anywhere. I think Naomi did actually tweet out a picture of the women's tag belts. Someone sent me that on um, social media, like the women's tag belts, uh, an image of it that she'd put out. So think there had been a little tease but as we've said a million times when wrestlers tease someone on social media you really have to take it with a pinch of salt so yeah you can't get too excited about those things then we got a Rhonda segment she said that she's going to do an open challenge next week uh she wanted to get out of her ohio she said that i wrote this down um the fans don't want the best they just want their favorites well, this is tough for them because they're stuck with the best now, which I thought was brilliant. I thought that was great. You know, Ronda kind of saying that the fans, you know, were um, obviously not there for her when, you know, she sort of got cheated out of the belt, if you will, at SummerSlam. And uh, now she's managed to get the belt back. Like, I don't think she's feeling the love from the fans. Uh, and so she said, you know, they don't want the best being champions. Clearly, they just want their favorites. Well, tough for them because now they're stuck with the best, which I thought was, uh, as I said, a great line. And uh, she laid into Ohio. Clearly, she's a heel now and says that uh, open challenge next week. Then we got our final match. 
This was Ray against Ludwig uh, Klein from earlier in the show. And uh, basically, this came just after the second Bray segment, which we will get to in a second. Um, so it was kind of hard to focus on this. Bottom line is that Ray got the victory because Imperium were kicked from ringside. So Ray actually got the win over Ludwig Klein. And uh, that, that was it for our kind of main event match. Um, then we got Logan to close the show. Logan got into the ring. Uh, kind of a mixed reaction for him. I feel like this was quite close to like where he was born and raised, uh, is what I was told. But you could definitely tell not everyone in the crowd was on board with him being in there. Um, Jay had been told earlier in the night, do not get involved with Logan. Roman does not want us to engage with Logan. And uh, Logan was cutting his promo. Um, and basically Jay attacked. So Jay, the hothead, uh, started attacking uh, Logan. Logan uh, then hit Jay with one punch and knocked him out. Lol. And uh, Sammy was on the outside of the ring. Uh, Sammy was shocked. I mean, Sammy was desperately trying to get Jay out of the rings. He knew that Roman didn't want him in there. Um, and so that's basically how the show kind of comes to an end. Uh, real drama with uh, Jay not 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 listening to Roman, basically. So I'm sure there's going to be repercussions. Sammy's going to have to explain how he wasn't able to control Jay, because that's obviously Sammy's responsibility. Um, and um, yeah, I, I wasn't feeling the one-punch knockout. Uh, Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso, getting uh, knocked out by one punch by Logan is not a great look for Jay Uso. I understand we've got to build Logan up for Crown Jewel. I do understand that. But uh, this is the problem when you have like someone like Logan in the main event. He's going to have to get nice moments over people to make him look like a threat. But it's just uh, not the Usos. Not the Usos. He knocked out Jey Uso with one punch. One of the greatest, one half of one of the greatest tag teams we've ever had in WWE was knocked out cold by Logan Paul, who I know has trained boxing and has worked with like Floyd Mayweather and had a match with Floyd and everything and definitely has got some abilities with his striking and whatnot. So, you know, uh, this is why I've always said that it's a little more palatable to accept Logan stepping into a wrestling ring than say a dancer or a singer or a magician or a juggler or whatever. Yeah, at least Logan has got amateur wrestling backgrounds and boxing that he's done very recently as well. So those things at least allow me to believe he's going in with some sort of skills, right? But, um, oh, God, it still didn't mean that I enjoyed seeing this happen. So, yeah, that's just a little uh, at the end of the show. But um, that's that was basically SmackDown. The final thing for us to talk about is the second Bray Wyatt segment. This was 30 seconds long. It had the mask persona, and I really don't know what to call this mask persona now. We've been calling it Uncle Howdy, but I feel like Uncle Howdy just arrived at the end of this 30 seconds because the masked persona that keeps interrupting Bray, he uh, basically was saying, why did you lie to me? You shouldn't lie to the ones that you love. That's what he said. Um, and then he, we saw lots of different images we haven't seen before. Uh, nothing really of note apart from that 
that masked person that we think is Bo, that masked person was standing at the top of some stairs. Where those stairs lead, I don't know. I just think it was a cool image, to be honest. So we saw up the stairs, at the top of the stairs was that masked person. Uh, I think we are going to have to deal with them in the future. I don't think that's stock imagery. I don't think that's not connected. I think that that is a character that is on the way. So uh, we got that masked person. Um, and then we also, at the very end, of course, uh, we got a QR code worth mentioning. We got a QR code that led to Bray Wyatt's uh, psychological evaluation, uh, which is really interesting. That ties a lot back into the past. And then at the end, uh, the camera pans down and we get a face. You don't see much of the face. I think there's a mask in there. The nose and the cheek seem to be connected. And uh, the camera pans down. There's a hat, like an Undertaker hat. It's got thorns around the top of it. And the camera pans down. You see just a little bit of facial hair, a bit of a moustache, little bit of mouth, seemingly a bit of a mask and an eye. You cannot make anything out about this person. No idea who it is. Um, loads of theories doing the rounds. Some people saying it could be Barry Windham. Some people saying that it could be Vincent. Some people saying that it could be Dutch. Um, you know, few little thoughts and theories. I, I, it doesn't feel like it's Bray. I can go that far. I can say it's not Bray, but um, goes down and this voice, this person seemingly went, howdy. And like, what? What was that moment? That was an amazing moment. That was sick. That was sick. Um, not quite as sick as the reveal of The Fiend. That was sicker. But, uh, you know, because you could see all of The Fiend. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't hinted at. The, when we get to the Fiend reveal, we didn't even know it was coming. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, Bray turns. And when he turns back, it, you see the Fiend. And you see all of the Fiend. So you kind of get all of the information. I don't feel like we've seen all of this person yet. We don't know who this person is. And we don't know quite what the outfit's going to look like. But in my mind, I'm seeing, like, a sheriff. I'm seeing, like, someone from, like you know, Western days going all the way back to the 1800s or whatever. Um, Uncle Howdy. Howdy. Um, yeah. So I feel like the person at the top of the stairs is someone we're going to have to deal with. Whoever is behind the mask that keeps interrupting Bray is potentially someone we're going to have to deal with. But uh, we also think that could be Bray. Because don't forget, the person that's behind that mask that keeps interrupting Bray that mask seems to be the same mask that Bray wore when we first saw him at Extreme Rules. So already there's some sort of connection there. And now we've got this howdy, this howdy guy. So I, it feels to me at the moment like we're looking at, we're looking at Bray being Wyndham. We're looking at the mask person that keeps interrupting Bray. We're looking at howdy, the howdy person. We're looking at the person that's in the Court of Owls mask that we think is Bo Dallas. And we keep seeing those images being used in various different segments, Bray segments. Uh, so we've got that person. And then we've got uh, potentially Liv. And we're seeing some connections there as well. So we're seeing a few different things happening and a few different characters and personas and things happening at the moment. I don't think Bray is Uncle Howdy. 
I don't think Bray is the person in the Court of Owls mask. Bray could be the person behind the mask that keeps interrupting Bray. He could be that. But yeah, that's kind of where we are at the moment. As we said, tricky putting these pieces together. Are they working with Bray? Are they working against Bray? How does Howdy connect with the mask that keeps interrupting Bray? Like, man, so many questions. So many questions. Um, and unfortunately, not much in the way of answers. But what I would say is this is how it goes. Oh, we were talking about this during our watch along. You will get some answers and that will be nice. But as you get an answer, you also then get about 10 more questions that come along. So you're just constantly got questions and um, not much in the way of answers. So I remember that being the case last time as well with the Firefly Funhouse. This time, you know, uh, what did we learn tonight? That's That would be a real interesting video, actually. What did we learn tonight and what new questions arose tonight? Well, I feel like what we learned tonight, just to answer that, is we learned that Bray is going to stay in this Wyndham character for a while uh, because that's what we saw again. So it wasn't just a one-off last week. We did get it again. We also learn that he seems to know who is interrupting him. And I certainly got the vibe that he was looking to oppose who was interrupting him. He's not looking to join this person at the moment. And it seems like he's trying to stand up to them. The problem is that the QR code obviously led us to a psychological evaluation form which just adds maybe more fuel to the fire and the belief that Bray and the mass person who is interrupting Bray, they could be connected. So uh, that's obviously going to be uh, affecting things if that's where we're going. So uh, I feel like that's what we learned. The questions we've got is who is Uncle Howdy, this new Howdy person at the end? I feel like that's a big question. Obviously a question uh, as regards to who's the mass person that keeps interrupting Bray, that's a question. Another question, how is Liv connected to these things? Um, another question, of all of these characters we keep seeing, are they going to be working against Bray? Are they going to be working with Bray? If that mass person is Bray, that would mean that these people are going to be working with Bray it's just that Bray might not know. It, it's really hard, isn't it? It's really hard to know the relationship. I'm just thinking that if Wyndham and the mass person that keeps interrupting Wyndham are the same person, I think Uncle Howdy and I think the person in the Court of Owls mask, I think they are connected with that person that keeps interrupting Bray. I understand this gets complicated, but I think all of those characters that aren't Wyndham are connected. I think they are connected, hence why they're being shown in the same segment. So I think they're connected. If it turns out Bray is that mass person, then he's connected to them as well. So it's it's difficult to try and decode these things because, as we said, there's probably more questions than answers at this stage. So with that being said, that was SmackDown. Let's jump into the chat and see what uh, people got from it and what people are talking about at the moment. 
Uh, I don't care who Roman loses the title to. Uh, the KO on Jay was for my mom, said Byron. Uh, do not care who Roman loses title to and for who dislikes Roman. Okay, Byron, shout out to you, dude. Um, uh, my psychological profile could be read in Braille, said William. Nice. Uh, Hayden, shout out to you. Uh, hope you are well. Appreciate uh, you stopping by. Appreciate everyone joining us. And of course, apologies uh, to uh, the fact that we were late for this. I, I actually don't know as to whether we will continue to do these live just because it's so hard to get to these. We will still do them. Um, whether they're going to be live for SmackDown going forward, I don't know, because I feel like what we saw tonight is probably going to be the norm. I feel like what we saw tonight is probably what we're going to get most weeks now with a QR code and something to get our teeth into. This was big, though. That 30-second clip and the QR code and Bray's thing at the start, that was big. There was a lot there this week. Uh, not like, you know, before where uh, maybe you could do a video and that was pretty much it. Now I felt, I mean, I've already done three videos on what happened during SmackDown. So, and I feel like as obviously people read into things more and more uh, and more theories come out, we could probably do another one. Obviously, that will not be tonight, though. So, uh, Brennan said, I don't know if you saw the lights around the barricades went out during Liv's match very briefly, says Brennan. Interesting. Uh, Rick, shout out to you. Uh, Trini said, I enjoyed the Wyndham Howdy promos. I like that it's about mind games and not superheroes and villains. Uh, Matt said, uh, good show, but Bray seems to be a bit off. It's losing its flair. I hope it grabs me back. That's interesting. Uh, Mitchell said, the UFC fight is two. What time are you planning on going live? Um, well, live at the moment is, it's all set up. It's all set up on the channel, uh, on the Wrestling Days channel for UFC 280. Uh, there's a chance we could go uh, half an hour earlier than that, but I think, um, it, well, the, the UFC stream's been set up for the past week. Uh, what's a cat tree, says William. Big question, William. Big, big question. I think it is uh, a climate. I think a cat tree is what they scratch against, isn't it, to be honest? Uh, right, with that being said, let's have a look and see then where we are with responses. So we've had a fair few in, which is good to see. So uh, this show scores a seven, which I'm a bit surprised at. I, I'm a bit surprised that I thought there was a fair bit of Bray stuff on here, so I thought that would have pleased people i suppose outside of the bray thing there was was there much outside of the bray thing i mean i suppose there was some stuff in here we got a women's uh tag title match we got logan i don't know i'll be interested to see how the ratings do what with logan being on i mean clearly the only position uh the only reason he's in this position is for ratings that's the only reason he's here so Hopefully his segment delivered ratings. Uh, so, yes, we'll we'll have to see. But seven, I'm surprised at that. Okay, uh, what did people like? Let's go down. Right, Bray Wyatt. I love uh, the new gimmick, Liv, but did you notice almost did like Alexa when she was possessed by Bray? I think Liv joins Bray soon. 
Usos, Solo, and Sammy. Sheamus losing to Solo. Seeing Bray back on SmackDown and Ray winning. Logan Paul being attacked by an Uso. Normally, I hate the Usos, but that was as good as tonight got. Uh, Bray Wyatt promo. Uncle Howdy revealed, said Hayden. Uh, Rhea doing her new gimmick of Unky after she's been pappy. Nice. Uh, Bray Wyatt's psychological evaluation. Can't wait for Uncle Howdy to debut. Jay Uso attacking Logan Paul. I enjoy seeing the Sammy dynamic. Uh, Uncle Howdy versus The Fiend. Bray Wyatt, Uncle Howdy tease. Bray Wyatt segment, Uncle Howdy, Uncle Howdy. Bray Wyatt, Liv Morgan, Mr. Howdy. That's Mr. Howdy to you. Uh, right, things people didn't like. Honestly, I hate the Bray story. Seems like it's going nowhere. It's the same issue I have with AEW stories. Yes, we got Howdy, but that's but like there's a difference between long-term storytelling and a story that takes a long time to tell. Uh interesting. I mean, I disagree personally, but um I mean, that's what wrestling's about, isn't it? It's about opinions. It's about whether it's grabbing you and captivating you and holding your attention. And clearly the person that wrote that, it's not it's not doing that for them. So I absolutely respect their opinion. Uh, absolutely, I respect their opinion. So um, that's a shame that it's not grabbing uh, that person's uh, attention or that they're not feeling it. I mean, I, I personally, I think I've got so much that I want answers to. I just I just cannot wait for next week's SmackDown. I just can't wait to see how these things, these pieces fit together. I want to, because you know that that mass person is going to, uh, you know, show themselves at some point. They look great with that mask. So um, I'm into that. Uncle Howdy, I, I don't know. I mean, the Uncle Howdy character, I just, I can't get a read. I can't get a read of like, how they're going to be portrayed. I mean, like a sheriff. It's so not where wrestling is right now. We don't have characters like that. We don't have a sheriff. <laughs> no, I mean, like we have Butch and Boogs and do you know what I mean? Someone playing a guitar and Elias and gone are the days of nails and big boss man and, you know, people along those lines. This Uncle Howdy is so different, so out there. I can't wait to see how they're presented, what they look like, how they fit into a modern WWE product. And obviously, you know, Bray being Wyndham, being open, being honest. I think that's so refreshing, so different. It's complete 180 to what we got before. What we were getting before was very character driven this is now seemingly a more real bray but a more real bray that's still telling a story and um is engaged in a feud with someone we don't even know who it is yet and as we said that twist might be it's himself if it is himself where the hell do we go from there because he clearly can't face himself so where do we go from there maybe we don't go anywhere maybe where we go is we have bray we have um, the people that are being shown right now. Maybe we have this new faction arrive, but we just know that Bray is battling with himself at the same time. 
I don't know, more uh, more questions than answers, but questions that I want answers to. That's my reading of it. But sadly, it seems here this person um, not feeling that way. Uh, I don't have a least favorite part, but I do have a question. What's your honest opinion about best pay-per-view this year? For me, it's either Clash or WrestleMania. Uh, from your Uncle Howdy, Mosey the Wrestling God. Uh, what's the best pay-per-view this year? Tricky, to be honest. I might lean SummerSlam. I might lean SummerSlam because I thought that I thought every match was really good. We got the return of Bailey. We got the shock of EO and Dakota arriving. I think it's easy to forget just how great Bianca and Becky was to open the night. I think it's easy to overlook that. Uh, Logan putting on a fantastic performance against The Miz was uh, it was a really good match. Um, and, you know, main event, I mean, that visual of Brock, like, picking up the ring with that track, driving the tractor to the ring is just, that's imagery that's from straight from the Attitude Era. And we don't get that in the kind of modern product. So that was big. And then for him to pick up the ring, I've never seen that. That's not even Attitude Era. That's never been done. Like, scooping up the ring with this tractor. And just then theory coming down, potentially cashing in. And man, it was good. It was really good. Um, I felt like that whole card was uh, strong. I felt that I felt there was some big moments, big returns. It was in a stadium. It had a lovely energy to it as well. So I'd, I might lean that. That or day one of SummerSlam. Day two, I was uh, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. Day two, I was not as impressed with. I thought day one killed it. And then I thought day two, for me personally, was a step step backwards. I mean, day one, we get what I regard as one of the best hours in WrestleMania history. It's where we get Becky, Bianca. Then we go into Undertaker being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Not his actual induction, but just the announcement and him coming out. And then we go into Cody coming back and Seth Rollins. Like that hour is just, I put it up there. I'd put it up there with any hour in the history of WrestleMania. I think that hour is as strong as any hour. You've got one of the best women's matches in WrestleMania history. Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame. Cody coming back, one of the biggest returns in WrestleMania history. And then honestly, I think Seth and Cody is one of the best matches in WrestleMania history as well. Two incredible matches. Hall of Fame, I mean, it's crazy. Crazy. And then, of course, Clash was really special, special, but I just felt the ending was a bit of a problem with Clash. You know, ending, I'm all right with Drew not winning, but Tyson Fury getting in the ring, shaking Roman. Why did he shake Roman's hand? Roman had just cheated to get the victory. So I think that was a bit of a downer for me, actually. The fact that he shook his hand. And then they sing a song. Obviously, we found out we were not meant to be seeing that. That was not how Clash was meant to end. I think it was meant to end with maybe Tyson getting in, shaking Roman's hand, going over, helping Drew up. They celebrate and then the program ends. But for whatever reason, they kept showing what happened after. And what happened after was the sing song. And that was just, I don't know, so weird. Such a weird way to end a pay-per-view. You kind of go, huh? Like... 
first time we're doing a stadium show in the UK for 30 years and that's how we end it. So yeah, for me, I'd go SummerSlam or maybe uh, the first day of WrestleMania. Uh, I found the ending to Liv match strangely unsatisfying. Liv Sonya seemed to be a bit too soft and unconvincing. I agree with that. QR code, my head hurts just too much. Uh, damage control, hit row, Liv Morgan and Sonya Deville. Uh, Triple T wasn't here to enjoy it with us. Logan Paul promo, Logan Paul and damage control, Viking Raiders promo, Liv Morgan is crazy, damage control, main event, Rey Mysterio, Jey Uso, Ronda, Logan, and none. So there we go. That is the uh, thoughts of uh, you lot. Let's uh, look to uh, wrap this up, shall we, with uh, some final thoughts. So, uh, but, 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 no, payoff. Day one, uh, 2022 pay-per-view was trash, said Byron. Trini said, as a Tribal Chief fan, I was cool with the ending. The singing I tuned out for. Uh, it wasn't an issue for me. Jim said, don't forget that Sting shook Triple H's hand after Trips cheated to win. That's true, but uh, I think uh, myself included, there was a lot of criticism for how the Triple H-Sting match was booked. So I don't think that, I don't know how much you can hold that up as like, uh, it's an example of it happening before, but I would not use that match as an example of anything positive. For me, the wrong person won. I think having NWO DX getting involved was a head scratcher considering the history. Really what it felt like was rather than it being Sting's moment, they turned it into WWF, WWE, brought down DX, brought down NWO, just, just made it like this big mess, really. So it's one of my least favorite results in WrestleMania history, that is. So uh, them shaking hands at the end of it. Uh, after after all of that, you just go, whatever, whatever. But um, yeah, I was not a fan of that. But I think, uh, I mean, I agree with what Trini said in regards to, I was also pleased that Roman won, but I think like we said before, if Roman is going to win, you need Tyson Fury to get into the ring and knock a member of the bloodline out. Yeah. It, you need, you need like something. If Roman's winning, you've got to send the fans home happy in the UK. It, I know it might not mean much to people in America, but here in the UK, we waited 30 years for that. So I think to end it the way it did was just a bit flat for me. So that's why Clash wouldn't get my nod, if you will. Um, I think it's either going to be Dutch or Vincent that's uncalled. Howdy. Uh, Dragonite said the ID number was a phone number. I had my mum call it and it said, oh, no, not me. I never lost control. Uh, Trini said Sting should have won that match. I will always agree on that. It was a petty shot at the long dead WCW. Yeah, I don't get it, man. I, I don't understand why that would. I don't understand why that would be. I don't understand why that would be um I don't understand why that would be the thing why that would be the focus of that match you know I feel like that match is all about Sting coming into WWE and that's very much what it should have been on rather than it be as you say you know WCW and WWE Right. Rather than talking about uh, premium live events from the past, uh, I think we can uh, wrap things up there. So uh, appreciate everyone uh, joining us. Um, obviously, loads to talk about in regards to Bray and SmackDown. Loads coming up uh, on the channel. We've got UFC 280 tomorrow. 
um we yeah i mean look, there's just tons there's tons that's happening so um yeah appreciate everyone joining us thanks for the support and uh i will see you again next time bye for now